0: I never want to step into an atmosphere like this and act like I know the condition of every person in this audience, but there is one that does. He knows what every person in this room needs tonight, and he's capable and he's able to deliver accordingly. It's just our job to create an atmosphere for him to begin to flow. It's just our job to tear down the principalities and powers of darkness that the Spirit of God can no longer just hover, but can dwell, can be poured out, can infiltrate every area of our life. This is the kind of atmosphere that healings simultaneously happen in. Holy Ghost baptisms just begin to overflow. Praise begins to erupt. A glory begins to come down. There is a place where depression is canceled. Suicide is vexed and canceled. It's in this place right here. You know, I look back at meetings like what Kenneth Hagin who was a father of faith? I look back at his meetings that went sometimes three, four, sometimes eight, ten hours. And there was moments where no one was preaching and no one was singing, but the great physician was in the room and he was working in the hearts and in the spirits of people. And you know, I believe that I believe that God's tired of men and women trying to steal his glory and I believe that this new wave is going to be a wave like what, what Chronicles talks about that the glory so thick that even the priests could administer that there's a weight of God's glory coming to the house that even the priests will have to step down that even the preacher will have to get off the platform because God says I'm in the room let me do what only I can do 2 Timothy chapter 4. I want to talk to you tonight, plan on just teaching a little bit. am going to try to be quick, give you the devotional version. Allow me to hold you just for a few minutes. Thank you, sister. I'll take that time that you just gave me. Can I get five more minutes? That was about, 20, that was about 25 of you, so that's 100 more minutes I just got. Thank you for that tonight. All right. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Mm. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 6 says, In the presence of God and of Christ. Can we get the the scripture up on the screens for for the body, please? In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in the view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to young Timothy a young minister being brought up in the ministry. And he says this charge to young Timothy. He says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myth. But you! But you! But you! But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship and do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. Father, we thank you for your word. Allow it to go and accomplish that which you have sent it to do. God, allow it, God, to go and knowing that it will not return void in Jesus' mighty name. You may be seated all over the house. I want to talk to you tonight on a teaching I'm going to entitle, The Contents of a Healthy Church. The Contents of a Healthy Church. And I want you to understand, I'll be honest with you, uh, this this message is an apostolic message. And what I mean by that is simply that I believe it is instructional for the institution of the body of Christ as a whole. I don't. When I say the healthy church, I'm not talking about Dominion Church. I'm talking about the global church, the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ. And I believe I've got ten contents that I believe if they're instituted, implemented in any uh, uh, ecclesia, any church, you will see healthy ministry. And I believe that it's God's heart for His church to be healthy. Somebody say amen and so what I want to do is I want to take this charge that the apostle Paul gives young Timothy who is going to be doing the work of ministry it, 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 is, a, it is a planting of a church it's the birthing of a ministry it's a young pastor on the rise and, and here the apostle Paul begins to tell Timothy listen take these instructions and do these things and in doing them it will be healthy it will be beneficial it will be it will be what is needed to sustain but, but here Here's the thing. He's, he he tells him. He says, "You've got to understand. In the midst of what's going to be healthy, there's going to be an unhealthy that arises. There's going to be people in the last days that will give them way, give away themselves to myths and to fables, and they'll go to hear, have their ears itched. And, and And can I tell you more? Over the last, I would say, five years, I've heard more sermons preached on the favor of God, the promises of God, the blessings of God. And while all those things are indeed in, in institutional and purposeful and they are good I can tell you that the God that we serve is not just one sided and so there needs to be some messages sometimes that don't make us feel good okay So I want you to understand I'm going to take and break this apart. I'm going to go back to verse 1 and I'm going to begin to read and I'm going to give you a content out of that of healthy church. 2 Timothy 4 verse 1, he says, In the presence of God and of Christ who will judge the living and the dead and in the view of his appearing and his kingdom, the first content of a healthy church is an understanding that the Lord's return is imminent. Hold on. We have to get back in the church to understanding that the Lord is coming back. We have grasped the message of Resurrection Sunday that he rose from the dead. But I want you to know there is more to the story. The angel standing there said, why are you standing there looking for the same way he goes, he comes back. And here's where I'm going to shake some of your eschatology. Because this preacher is not a pre-tribulation rapture preacher. I knew I'd lose some of y'all. It's okay. We can be different and not be divided. But let me propose my point. If you're pre-tribulation rapture, what happens if you're wrong? If I'm post-tribulation rapture preacher, what happens if I'm wrong? Well, I'm ready. I'm ready to endure. I'm ready to go through. Now, if I'm wrong and it's pre-trib, I'm happy because by and by, glory to God, I'm out of here before it ever all breaks loose. But hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Because we can't allow those theological hairs to split in differences. Because the truth of God's word is this, is Jesus is coming back. If he comes back at 3 o'clock or he comes back at midnight, that's up to him. But what I do know is he's coming back. And the church has to start to live again in a manner that we understand the Lord's return is imminent. That there is work to be done. Paul said, he said, I'm coming to you with this charge of an understanding of the Lord's appearing and his kingdom. He's saying that there, there is work to be done, Timothy, but you got to work in such a way that you understand the Lord's kingdom and his return is imminent. It's going to happen. So work like it's going to happen. Yes. Amen. We don't hear in the church anymore about the Lord's return. People are like, oh yeah, one of these days, glory to God, we all going to be out of here. That's funny because the Bible I read, Jesus said, Occupy until I come. Another scripture says, He who endures to the end shall be saved. Endures what? I thought it was peaches and cream and magic carpet rides until Jesus came to pick me up. I thought when I got saved, it was not only a get out of hell, a free card, but it was a get out of here too when it all gets really bad. No, I am confident of this, that we are a city set upon a hill, a light that cannot be hidden, and a light shines greatest in its darkest moments, and I believe that there's a glorious bride arising who is not, not padded and is not pansified and is not pacified, She's a warring bride that will stand in the dignity of Christ and his word and will see a great harvest and revival. I believe that. But in order for it to happen, we got to be here. Let's be honest. If we all get out of here when it gets real bad, it looks like the boat's late. (laughs) Come on. Come on. That's good, ain't it? That's good. The old church had a saying called Maranatha. And that word is so powerful. That word, Scripture, you can read about it. They greeted one another. They didn't say hello. They said Maranatha. When they went to bed, they didn't say good night. They said Maranatha when they were laboring in the fields next to each other, they would look and they would say, Maranatha. And that word means, even so, come Lord Jesus. And what there was, there was an early church that lived, when they went to bed thinking about Jesus coming back when they got up in the morning they thought about the Lord coming back when they were at work and laboring in the fields they were speaking to one another about his return and about his appearing it didn't matter where they were and what they were doing but they were going through life in a manner understanding that Jesus is coming back church I want you to understand for the church to remain healthy we have to live in such a way that we know he's coming back the second content of a healthy church, we find as the Apostle Paul begins to charge Timothy, he says with these words, preach the word. Yes, yes. What is the content of a healthy church? I'll tell you, the word of God is preached. The word of God is is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing the soul from the spirit, the bone from the marrow. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my word will endure forever. David said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. David said, your word is like a lamp unto my feet from a darkened path. We need the word. I don't need a message to tell me every day can be a Friday. Teach me how to buckle down in my faith when the heat gets hot and teach me how to pray and teach me how to cast out devils and teach me how to take your word and meditate on it day and night. Let me taste of the scroll. Let me eat of your word. Let me see that the Lord is good. I want you to understand the second content of a healthy church is the word of God is preached. We cannot back up on His Word. One of the five pillars of this church is that we will be Word of God preaching. We will preach the Word when it makes you feel good. We will preach the Word when it makes you feel bad. We will preach the Word when it cuts. We will preach the Word when it convicts. We will preach the Word when it reproves. We will preach the Word when it rebukes. But my God, we will not back up on the Word of God. At the entrance of your word, there is light. See, we only know if the word is preached if we read the word, though. Y'all know them ring pops. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Ring pops. We got a lot of Christians sucking ring pops in the word. It looks flashy, it tastes good. But at the end it's junk. You know, you ever heard the saying, "Sugar-coated preaching causes soul decay?" Sugar-coated preaching causes soul decay. And so what we've got to understand though, if we're going to how do we know that the word of God is being preached? We have to be people of the word. The apostle Paul is one that began to write most of the New Testament, but even in his writings, we find that in the New Testament that there was a group of people called the Bereans. And the Bereans were admired, and the Bereans were were, were honorable. And the reason why is because as the preacher was preaching, the Bereans were the people that were studying the Scriptures to see if what the preacher was preaching lined up with the Word of God, line upon line and preach. You know what we need back in the house of God again? is some Bereans that get in the Word and can say, hey, that is the Word of God. We shout and clap over anything with some volume. We say amen before we even knew that we said it. We don't even know what we're agreeing with. The third thing, uh, content of a healthy church. Give me me 30 more minutes. I don't want to lie. He says preach the word. The second thing he says is this. He said be prepared in season and out of season. How do we know a healthy church? I'll tell you why. The body is prepared. Yes. How do you know that you're connected to a healthy body of believers? I'll tell you how. There's preparation that comes to your life. Oh, I'm telling you this is heavy. There's preparation for good times and there's preparation for bad times when they come you're prepared. You're prepared for in season, you're prepared for out of season, you're prepared. People are prepared. They're prepared for the work of the ministry. They're prepared for the callings. They're prepared for whatever God has destined them to do. They're being prepared. They're not being babysat. They're being prepared. You got to hear me. They're not being, uh, they're not being watched and, and, and just coddled. They're being prepared. See, it's like that of a boot camp to a militant soldier. He goes through intense training to be prepared for the battle when it really comes. And a healthy church will prepare you for the things in life that are to come. Paul tells Timothy, he said, be prepared. Be prepared in season, out of season. Can I tell you something? You should always have a word in your mouth. I used to work when I, when I worked in the prisons, there was an inmate that that I met in um, the what they considered SMU, special management unit. They were a 23 and one inmate. They were locked up for 23 hours, only allowed out of the cell one hour a day. But every time I went by, every 30 minutes, or 15 minutes, if they were on suicide watch, check the cell, every time I went by, he'd say, what's the word, preacher? So he always said, what's the word, preacher? And so I always had to make sure I had a word. Can I tell you the world that you're passing by? They may, not know, they may not tell you, but they're asking you, what's the word, church? What's the word, church? No weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. What's the word, church? What's the word? You got to have a word. You got to be ready to minister to people. You got to be prepared for a world, whether it's in season or out of season, to be able to testify and give them of the hope that lives inside of you. The fourth thing that we find is he says this. He says, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. What's the fourth content of a healthy church? I'll tell you. Leadership is regarded. He said, correct, rebuke, and encourage. See, a true healthy church understands that leadership is not an accessory but a necessity. Can I tell you that you're only as healthy as those that are leading you? In a healthy church, leadership is regarded. This is Wednesday night, so uh, you know how it is, right? Y'all family, you the core group, you you the disciples of the house. I feel like I can be raw, real with you, and you're grown and mature enough. You know how to chew meat. You don't just drink milk. But you know, I've had people come to me before and be like, Hey, uh, preacher, what about this relationship? And I'll be like, "Nah, she's no good for you. You need to run from her. You know what happened? They ran from me. They left the church. They went away. And then what happens? They shack up, make up. And then all of a sudden, they come back broken up. See, because leadership wasn't regarded. See, a healthy church, you'll understand that leadership is not an accessory, but a necessity. You do understand that no 400,000 people just got up and walked out of Egypt. God sent a man to lead them out. And then when when that man took them so far, he raised up another, Caleb and Joshua, to lead them on to the next. I want you to understand that leadership in your life is something that should be regarded. I am thankful for the voices of God in my life that say, whoa, and they say, go watch that pit, watch that ditch, hit the brakes, Kyle, slow down. You need to pray about it. You you need to fast about it. You need to wait on it. You need, to, you need to just wait and hear of the Lord before you make it. I am thankful for those voices in my life. They've allowed me to become where I am today. They've allowed me to be cultivated into the leader I am today. But I want you to understand, in a true, healthy church, leadership is regarded. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. Do you understand the only part that we really take in that church? We, like church 2022, encourage. We like that word. Oh, he's such an encourager. When's the last time you heard somebody brag on somebody in church for being such a great rebuker? Oh, he just corrected me. I love when he corrects me. Oh, my gosh, I just feel like I'm growing so much when he rebuked me. You do understand, though, correction, rebuke, and encouragement all fall in the same category, and they're all in the name of growth. Because you need to grow up and you'll never grow unless you're corrected when you need to be corrected, encouraged when you need to be correct, encouraged, and straight up rebuked when you need to be rebuked. Moving on. The fifth thing that I need you to understand that we find in the contents of a healthy church is there is an understanding as The apostle Paul tells young Timothy, he says, there's coming a day when they're going to give themselves over to miss and they're going to give themselves over to itching ears and they'll turn away from the truth and turn aside to miss. Do you understand? The fifth content of a healthy church is understanding that we are not called to be comfortable. If you signed up to be a part of this thing called the blood army of God and you signed up in the name of comfortableness, bro, go AWOL right now. Go. When you see the door, run. Run, run as fast as you can. But a healthy church understands we weren't called to be comfortable. And it's the reason why confrontation, when it comes, what will often happen is you will separate those who signed up for comfortableness woo, <laughs> and those who signed up because they're called. And what you'll find out is that none of us are called for comfort. Comfort. I ask you tonight, how comfortable was it to have his beard ripped from his face? How comfortable was it to be beaten and spit on and punched and mocked and name called? How comfortable was it, Jesus, when the cat of nine tails went into his back and was snatched open and the skin flapped down and his ribcage was exposed and you could see his lungs breathing through the shell of his ribcage? How comfortable? was it when they stretched him out on a cross and began to drive nails in his hands and drive nails in his feet? How comfortable was it? And we get mad when the church is too hot. We get mad when the church views are too hard. We get mad when the preacher yells too much. We get mad when the music's too loud. We get mad when people don't shake our hand. You were called to be comfortable. You were called by the name for the glory of Jesus. The sixth thing, I'm going to 10. The sixth thing, I believe this is incredibly powerful. This was one of the favorite things that the Lord revealed to me out of the scripture. He says this, he says, but you keep your head in all situations. I'm reading out of the NIV version, Second Timothy 4. If y'all want to pull that part up, let them see it. He says, keep your head in all situations. Don't you know that the enemy's after your head? <laughs> Anybody else read Joyce Meyer's book, The Battlefield of the Mind? Yeah, Aunt Joyce did a great job. I'm just kidding. She's not my aunt. She <laughs> a joke. Joyce Meyer did an incredibly great job of pictating how the enemy knows that this is the power plant of your life. And if the enemy can get this, he gets everything else connected to it. And so Paul tells Timothy, he says, he says keep your head about you. you got to go down to like verse 4, verse 3, verse 4, somewhere around there. Y'all in the wrong verse. What is it? Thank you. Verse five. See? Thank you, Berean. He said, but you keep your head in all situations. A a, a healthy church will teach you how to be level headed. Whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever, whatever, whatever comes in your in your life. He said, whatever is good, think on these things. The Bible said, that mind which is in Christ, so also let it be inside of you. See, there's a renewing of a mind. There's a mindset that needs to change that when we get saved, it's not just that our soul is justified by faith. It's not that we are just redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. But God wants to get a hold of the power plant and change the way we think. Think. He gets rid of the skunk in the trunk and gets rid of the stinking thinking and allows us to become mind molders and influencers by the way we think. As a man thinks, so is he. That's why depression is so real. Because depression starts in your head. Then you start saying things like this. I'm so depressed. As a man thinks. So is he. I'm so discouraged. I'm just so hurt. I'm so, oh my gosh, I just hate life. And then within five hours, you really hate life and you're wondering why. And the reason why is because as a man thinks, so is he. That's why the Apostle Paul tells young Timothy, he said, keep your head in all situations. You're going through a divorce, keep your head in the situation. You're going through church hurt, keep your head in the situation. You're going through bankruptcy, keep your head. What did he say? You got to keep your mind anchored in Jesus because there's going to be a lot of things that try to distract you. There's going to be a lot of things that try to take out your power plant. You got to keep your head because as a man thinks, so is he. The seventh content of a, heart, of a healthy church, we find in the, next, in the next, right there in that same verse he says unto him, he says, but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardships. Endure hardship. I'm going to say it again, endure hardship. See, in, a, in the life of a healthy believer, hardship is looked at as an endurance race. I love the fact that Paul tells Timothy, he says, endure it. Here's the thing. He didn't say you have to accelerate in it. And he sure didn't say you were exempt from it. But he did say you just got to endure it. And so enduring looks like this. I got to make it. I got to make it. May not be running as fast as I once was. But I got to make it. I may not be praying like I once was, but I'm still headed in the right direction. I may not feel him like I once did, but I'm going to keep walking by faith. For I shall live by faith and not by sight. I don't live by what I feel. I live by the one who called me. I just got to endure it. I just got to get through it. I just got to walk this thing out until I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Paul told Timothy, he said, endure hardship. He didn't say you're going to accelerate. He didn't say it's going to be easy. Endure it. The eighth thing. He tells them, he says, do the work of an evangelist. Can I tell you that in a healthy church and in the life of a healthy believer, let me tell you how you know you're healthy. If you remember that there are lost people going to hell. Has the church forgot that? I mean, are we really all gonna be happy over there? Because I got news for you everybody ain't gonna be happy over there. Because we ain't all going over there. Some of us going there and some of us going there. We ain't all going over there. All right. So, with that realization and major revelation, then we gotta understand that Paul tells Timothy, he said, do the work of an evangelist. What's the work of an evangelist? An evangelist gathers. An evangelist goes. We see the evangelistic office on Christ when he said that the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. He was evangelistic. The Bible said he went out. He crossed the seas. He walked on water. He went up on mountains to teach to those that were lost. He went to where people were. He went to jobs and marketplaces. He went in the temple to teach. Even as a young boy, he's, he's there and he's evangelizing the religious crowd. And the Bible says, they were astonished at the measure of his wisdom and we find the evangelistic but here's the thing that evangelistic call did not lift we have to understand that everywhere we go everything we do there are people that are lost and dying and going to hell a healthy church a healthy body of believers are people that live with the conviction that there are lost people everywhere we go I think one of the greatest signs that I ever saw leaving a church, and some of you have probably seen it, says you're now entering the mission field. Pulling out of a church parking lot. Grace Covenant Church of God that I served as an evangelist out of. That was their sign when you left their church. You're now entering the mission field. And that's what we gotta understand, guys. When you step out these doors, Jesus said, you say Four months, and then the harvest, I tell you, look up. And in, in the fields are white, and they are now. The harvest is ready now. There are people walking up and down the sidewalk, the parking lot. They're at the gas station. When you leave here, wherever you go to eat tonight, guess what? There's going to be lost people there. And Paul tells Timothy, he said, do the work of an evangelist. Live your life in such a manner that you know everywhere you go, there are people dying and going to hell. Yes. The ninth content of a healthy church, he tells him in this passage of scripture, he says, discharge all the duties of your ministry. And I would say that the content of a healthy believer and the content of a healthy church is that those that are healthy understand it's not what we get, it's what we give. I fear that the church lives in a mindset of keeping one in the chamber. But Paul told Timothy, he said, discharge it all. Every bit of it. Empty the clip for the kingdom of God. Don't carry nothing in reserve. Re- just relinquish every duty of the work that you've been called to. Don't, don't live in such a way that says, well, i got to keep a little bit for this one. I've been going and doing this. dish. Charge it all. I don't ever want to get to the great white throne judgment and stand before Christ in his majesty. And as I'm standing there, he's looking at me and he's saying, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you give this? I put this inside of you. Why was it never birthed? In other words, he's saying, why do you still have something in the vessel when I didn't call you to come here carrying anything, but to discharge everything I put inside of you? Tenth and final thing is found as the Apostle Paul tells him, he says, for I'm already being poured out like a drink offering and the time of my departure is near. This is something that leadership in this house may not necessarily agree with and if you don't, see me about it. But I believe that in a true healthy ministry, leadership will lead to empty themselves out. Paul tells Timothy, he says, discharge all the work of your ministry, for I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time of my departure is near. In other words, he's saying everything that Christ has put in me I've about poured it all out. I've went and I've planted churches. I've went and I've taught in synagogues. I've went and I've seen, you know, the church at Corinth. I've went and seen the, the church in Rome. I've went and I've preached. I've went and I've gone. I've, I've been shipwrecked. I've been I've been persecuted. I've been in prison. My life is about poured out. See, Paul understood that he was only best for Christ as long as he got there empty. And I believe leadership should lead to a place that empties ourselves out. But here's the thing, we empty ourselves out to a place where we are revived, refreshed, renewed and restored and then we come back and we do it again and we pour out again and then we, and then once we're empty again we go, we revive, we restore, we refresh we renew and then we come back and we pour it out again and we go, Jesus withdrew Paul said my, the, my departure is near I'm about, I'm about to go away Jesus withdrew, why? to refresh, to restore, to revive so that he could come back and pour out again stand with me all over the house I believe in the contents of a healthy church, we have to understand that there's a lot of factors that go in to not just a healthy church. And when I'm saying healthy church, hear me. I'm not talking about dominion. I'm talking about the global church at large. We have to be a people that constantly live with the realization of his return is imminent. It's going to happen. And we gotta live in such a way. We gotta be people that preach the word. We gotta be people that study the word. We got to be people that live in accordance to everything that Paul tells Young Timothy and Second Timothy. It's a charge, it's a father of the faith, and he's about to go away. And he's like, Man, before I go, I'm gonna give you this instruction. Take this and do this, Timothy. Understand there's going to be things. There's going to be, and not everybody's going to want to walk with you. Not everybody's going to want to hang out with you. There's going to be people that are going to go over and get their ears itched. But you preach the word. Love them. Be prepared in season. Out of season. Encourage, correct, and rebuke. Watch and see as they regard your leadership. You'll take them places that they could have never gone discharge, work as an evangelist, do it, go, gather. My God, preach like you're preaching to people that are on the cliff of hell itself. Talk to them, love them, encounter them right where they are. Let them know what Jesus did for them. Live your life in such a way that you know everywhere you trod, your feet are on the mission field. Discharge all the work of your ministry. Don't stand before God with anything left in you. Let them say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Even I myself am like a drink offering being poured out and the time of my departure is near. Dominion, I believe God's called us to be a standard. standard in this region, a standard in this area. But I also believe He's called us to be healthy. And I believe we don't just lead by a move. I believe we are a move. But I believe that it's going to be a healthy movement. I don't know what you need from God tonight, but I'm confident in this, that He's here, He's near, and He wants you healthy. He wants you good. Because you're no good for anybody else if you're no good yourself. If you need prayer for anything, this altar is open. I'd be honored to pray with you to touch and agree with you for anything that you need in your life. If you need anything, come. 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 Thank you. Anyone else, come. 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 We've got time for this. We've got time for this. Come on. Is there some men, some men under the sound of my voice that I that would say, Preacher, pray for me. I need God to touch me. I need God to move in my life. Come. Thank you. Hallelujah. Mm. Sweet Holy Spirit, you're like a blanket in this room. You're warming hearts. You're wooing lives. Calling us deeper still. Father, we ask that we wouldn't just put on the face of the church, but God, that we would be a healthy church. We'd be healthy people live in healthy lives that are according to your word your statues your commands god lord that everything you desire to do father everything you desire to do god that it be done in such a manner father god that doesn't deplete us but pushes us to destiny god and everything we give we give freely father god knowing that we received it freely and as much as we've received it freely we give it freely god lord i pray tonight over this body over this house over these people God is young Timothy's father God I, I I exhort this word of the Apostle Paul in their lives God and I tell them father God again I charge them God to live in accordance to these contents God that the Apostle Paul gave Timothy God, let us take these things and meditate on them. Let us chew on them, God. Let us examine our life in accordance to your word as a mirror. Let us see ourselves in the reflection of your word. And God, areas that need to be fixed. God, blemishes that need to be blotted out. God, sins that need to be washed away. Father, God, allow us to see these things, God. Lord, that we can be right and we can be healthy and we can be whole. Father, I pray God tonight, Lord, that you'll touch each and every person on this altar has so humbly come and gather themselves at your feet Jesus sweet Holy Spirit reach and touch do what only you can do in the lives of these that are here God you know what they have need of God, they don't need to voice it out loud here, Father, but Lord, I pray that they voice it to you because you said we have not because we ask not. God, we come before you asking. We come before you seeking. We come before you knocking, God, like children, Father, God, that you may hear our cry and come to where we are, God, that you may deal, God, according to what needs to be dealt with, God, that you may heal according to what needs to be healed, Father, God. We thank you that you're not just just healing, God, but you're making whole, Father. We thank you for it, Lord. Jesus' mighty name.